Hi, everyone. Um, as Tina said, I'm Shirley, for those who don't know me yet. And I'm part of the teaching team here at ECV. And so this week, I'll be continuing our quick two-week sermon series on celebration. And so to start, I want to talk about joy. I want to tell a story about joy. Not the kid joy, even though she's great, but joy. Um, so to be honest, uh, this time last year, I actually didn't know too much about joy. Then in the spring, there was an eight-week ECV home group on joy, co-led by Kiva and Denis. And in the home group, there were a series of practices and tools around joy that we learned. And one of them was called a joy journal. And so the joy journal is every night before going to bed, you spend a little bit of time with the Holy Spirit and you ask two simple questions. The first question is, what was a joy moment from the day? The second is, what was a time I needed joy to be replenished in my day? And then you just write those two things down. And so I did this joy journal for like the seven, six weeks that I was part of the joy group. And at the very beginning though, it really wasn't that easy for me. It was just, I think, really different for me to look through my day noticing joy and through the lens of joy. And during our group meeting time, we would practice doing this together, noticing joy in different stories. Our own stories that we would share, we would practice noticing in other people's stories, someone else would share and we would say, maybe that's where joy is, that's where I notice joy. And we would also talk about Jesus' stories. And often joy came to us, at least to me, as a surprise. And similarly in my joy journal, especially when I first began, I would be surprised by my joy moment of the day. In fact, I think I was surprised even to find that there had been joy in my day. But now, eight months later, I've continued to do the joy journal, and these days, joy no longer surprises me as much, as in the idea of joy existing doesn't surprise me, even though the specific joy changes day to day. And now I feel like I know I'll find joy in my day when I do my joy journal at the end of the night. I know that there will, will have been some joy in my day when I look back on it. And that kind of expectation wasn't something that I had before I started this joy journal. It's kind of like a gratitude journal in that it's not that I hadn't ever practiced gratitude before a gratitude journal, but this gave me a chance to intentionally practice noticing. And in the same way, the joy journal was an intentional way for me to practice rejoicing, which is also called celebrating. And so after doing this joy journal for the past eight months, I have so much more joy now to give this sermon about celebration, which is also known as rejoicing. Um, so I, and also I start with this story to say that celebration and rejoicing are things that we can learn about, things that we can practice. Maybe you're thinking, actually don't think about joy that much, or maybe, you know, I feel like I know someone else who is so much more joyful than I am. I don't know if that's always the case. I wonder if all of us have a place where we can start in thinking about joy and a place that the Holy Spirit wants to meet us in. And so let's pray as we begin. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are already here with us. And through this message, just come and help us know you more. Pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Okay, so first, a little bit on definitions. So in the Bible, celebration is translated and thought of in a few different ways. There's celebration, the Hebrew word hagag, which means to prepare, keep, or observe a feast or festival. So kind of like celebrating a holiday. And then there's celebration, rejoicing, which comes from this Hebrew word simha, which means joy, gladness, mirth. And so we'll be talking about this second definition, celebration meaning rejoicing, being joyful, glad, mirthful, which to me, even these words are all different expressions of joy. To me, gladness feels like a quieter feeling of contentment, deep contentment. That's gladness to me, while mirthfulness feels like a bubblier kind of expressive joy. But all of these are joy. And so we'll be talking about rejoicing from the story of David rejoicing in 2 Samuel 6. So you can feel free to follow along in your Bibles, your phone Bibles, your Fibles, or on the screen. Um, okay. Uh, so we're going to start in verse 5. But just a little bit of backstory. So David and the Israelites have been experiencing some victory and success before this. In the last chapter, 2 Samuel 5, they have just defeated their enemies, the Philistines. And so now, in a time of celebration, they've decided to bring the Ark of God, which is also known as the Ark of the Covenant, to Jerusalem where they were from the city Judah. And so the Ark was a box-like structure that represented the presence and the covenant of God. So in this box, there were a couple of things. There were the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, there was Aaron's rod, and there was a pot of manna. And so all of these things are actually symbols of remembrance of God's covenant, provision, and presence with the Israelites throughout their history. The Ten Commandments, a pot of manna, Aaron's rod, all ways that God had met them before. And so in some ways, I feel like this ark was almost its own celebration. And so we'll pick up in verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So just a quick note, this first word celebrating in verse 5, it comes from a different Hebrew word, sakah, which means to laugh or to play, and in this instance, musical instruments, and by singing and dancing, which is why there's a list of so many musical instruments. But in the midst of their celebration, as they are singing and they're dancing, this happens. And I think it's devastating. It is devastating that Uzzah is killed. And that David reacts that way as well. It says in verse 8, David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. It says David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So how are you feeling in relation to celebration? 
For those of you that were here last week and you answered Josh's question that you haven't celebrated recently, you don't feel like you're rejoicing recently or that it's hard for you to celebrate, what emotions come up for you when it comes to celebration? Maybe it is anger or fear for you as well. Maybe you're angry about things that go wrong, like this tragedy. Maybe you are afraid, probably like David, that these things will happen again. Or maybe you're angry and afraid about other things in your lives. This is the tension of celebration in lives that experience lament. This is the tension that Josh talked about last week, that our lives exist in both celebration and joy and lament, sorrow, anger, and fear. It's what our home group on Thursday spent a lot of time talking about at the beginning of our conversation, talking about why celebration can be hard in lives that experience lament. And this is what David and the Israelites experience as well. David asks, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And so he does what he can. We'll pick back up in verse 10. It says, so David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So instead of bringing the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem with celebration as they had planned on doing... They set it aside somewhere else. They set it aside in a different place that is not where they currently are. And it says, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And so, in this verse, there's this Hebrew word, yeshab, or to remain. It says, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And that Hebrew word means to dwell, to remain, to sit, and to abide. And so I think when it comes to celebration, there is no rush to get past the lament that exists in our lives so that we can get to celebration. In fact, I think if we remain or dwell with God in the midst of our lament, I think we'll eventually find ourselves in celebration like David. And from what we know about David's relationship with God, he probably spent those three months dwelling with God, praying, processing, maybe writing a psalm or two to express his lament. So what could remaining or dwelling look like for you? So a story of what it looked like for me. So last Monday, I found myself looking ahead to the weekend of celebration. It was ECV's 15th birthday party that weekend, the 15th anniversary celebration, and there were a lot of different events happening throughout that weekend. But I found myself asking that Monday, what are we celebrating? (laughs) So this is some real honest stuff here, um, but I think that was really a question of what am I celebrating? I personally had some church stuff that I was dealing with, some feelings that were getting in the way of my celebration, some anger, fear, sorrow. And so I was asking, what am I celebrating? 
And I realized that if I didn't find an answer to that question, I would just be showing up to these events, reinforcing the same church baggage that I was dealing with, which is just that church and church events are obligations that we go to for the sake of others or for the community. And I didn't want to celebrate that way. And so starting Monday of that week, I decided to pray every day and ask God for something to celebrate by the end of the week. So every day, I ask God and I talk to God about celebrating. I asked, what are we celebrating? What am I celebrating? Give me something to celebrate, please. And by the end of the week, I showed up to Friday night worship night and I did have something to celebrate. And that something was just that I could ask in the first place. That I could wait a whole week and ask God every day for, th for something to celebrate by the end of the week. That I could talk to God every day about the anger and the fear that I was feeling, that I could feel it dissipate throughout the week. And so by the end of the week, what I was celebrating was really just the presence of God with me. And I think that's what David experiences in those three months. And I think this is also what he hears about. So we'll pick back up in verse 12. So this is three months later. It was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. So another thing that I did throughout last week, when I didn't know what to celebrate or how to celebrate, was to ask other people what are you celebrating? And so I would ask someone, are you going to any of the events this weekend? And if so, what are you celebrating? And people would pause, they would think about it, and they answered me with things like they were celebrating ECV as home to them. They were celebrating ECV as a place that people, that they've committed to. They were celebrating a place of community for them and plenty of other things. And also for those who stayed for the sharing portion of the dinner after service last week, you also got to hear from plenty of other people what they were celebrating last weekend. And so when I didn't know or couldn't see celebration for myself, I could still witness the celebration of others. I could rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's what David does. He hears about the blessing that the household of Obed-Edom has received during the three months that the ark has been there. And after hearing that, hearing that good news, he's able to bring the ark of God back to the city of David with rejoicing. And so even in his own lament, blessing was still happening. And even when I didn't know or couldn't see what I was celebrating, I could see what others were celebrating. And also, by hearing from others, it brought in my idea of what celebration and what blessing could look like. And so this part of the story, it ends with David finally completing his rejoicing. 
He completes it with sacrifice and with dancing with all his might in a linen ephod, which is basically his undergarments. And so to me, I think animal sacrifice was David's way of recognizing his limitedness and coming before God in God's holiness. While for him, I think dancing with all his might in a linen ephod, basically uncovered, free, and unashamed, was also his way of recognizing his own limit. By humbling himself and therefore being free to dance even as a king before others and the Lord, and even in the face of rejection, even in the face when others tried to shame him, he said, this is who I am. This is my limit, um, and this is how I will be free to dance and celebrate. And so I wonder if both in lament and in celebration, we recognize our limits. Lament is a recognition that our limits are lamentable, that bad and sad things happen that we don't understand. Celebration is also a recognition that we are limited and that good things still continue to happen which means that those good things probably come from outside of us and that we can celebrate that and we can celebrate who they come from. And so going back to my joy journal, my joy journal was a practice of ways to practice celebrating even when there were things that were lamentable, even when things were happening that were bad and sad that I didn't understand, there was still blessing that I was receiving each day. And so some of the small things that I celebrated were, the first was just food. For me, it didn't always even have to be amazing food. Sometimes it was just a joy to eat something during my day. And celebrating that recognized my limit as someone who needs to eat and actually is provided for when I eat. The second was when I follow through with something challenging which again was me recognizing my limits and celebrating even in spite of them. So for example, one practice that I started doing this summer was going on a morning walk. So something that I try to do, I try to do first thing in the morning, I still try to do that, I try to get myself out the door, and the walk reminds me before I start working for the day, before I wash the dishes, to love myself. That I am loved and I am okay before anything. But at the beginning of starting this practice, it was really hard just to get out the door. Again, I'm limited, especially in the mornings. And so just making it happen was my joy moment of the day. The third was time with people. Again, something that even in the midst of lament, even in the midst of things that were happening, was still something that I received. And the last was when I am kind to myself. That also recognizes my own limits and celebrates even with them. And so as we end, these are my invitations for all of you. So the first is, ask God for something to celebrate this next week. If there are feelings that come up before celebration, before mirth or gladness or joy. Take time for those with God. And if there's nothing that you can think of right now, feel free to ask. 
and wait to receive something to celebrate. David waited three months to bring the Ark of the Lord back. I only had to wait one week to have something to celebrate, but dwelling and remaining and waiting is an invitation for you. The second is celebrate in an embodied way, whether that's dancing, eating something, journaling, going on a walk, singing, whatever it is, celebrate. And the last is share with someone your celebration. Later on in the story that we didn't read, but later on in 2 Samuel 6, what happens from their celebration of the Ark of God coming to Jerusalem is a lot of communal blessing. People go home with um, a whole bunch of things, with a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. So even when we celebrate, I think there is a communal blessing that we can share as well. And so now we'll have some time to spend some time with the Holy Spirit. And I'll just pray for us as we spend some time inviting the Holy Spirit to bring up what the Holy Spirit wants to. Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that the way that you are in our lives is so unique and specific to each of us. I pray that as we sit here with you, um, we will hear you, we will experience you, We'll know that you love us, that we are loved and okay. And I pray that you would continue to meet us um, at any point that we come before you throughout this week. Thank you that you are always with us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.